0: Welcome to the Vibe Within Podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen. Each week, we will connect through stories and conversations about wellness, yoga, addictions, spirituality, mental health, rituals, and everything in between. The goal is to transform our traumas into strengths to create the change we desire in our lives. My mission is to help others by shining awareness on real-life topics so we can learn new ways to heal physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Whatever you are going through in this moment, you are not alone, so let's connect and heal our vibe within Hey guys, welcome back to the Vibe Within podcast. I'm your host, Gab Cohen. And I'm super excited to share this episode with you guys because me and my good friend Nick from Philly sat down and had a pretty long conversation uh, about all the things that I know you guys are into. Uh, We talk about toxic masculinity and toxic femininity. We talk about narcissistic relationships, cycles and patterns, drugs and trauma and psychosis. We talk about energetic cords and cutting them off and toxic sex and how energetic cords are more prominent in the female culture, unfortunately. We talk about dating, one night stands, the collective waking up to sexual trauma, yoga, meditation, and my experience with teaching yoga and seeing the, the collective kind of waking up pretty rapidly. We talk about physical and emotional trauma connected to relationships, the spiritual collective, we talk about the newly awakened society, emotional yoga, crying, and I think you're really going to dig it. Nick is such a cool human. Uh, we, We kind of talk about how we met. We met on Tinder in Philly. And we became really good friends. We're both Sagittarius. We both have a lot of the same morals. And having a conversation with him is just super organic and flowy. And he's like the male version of me. He's super cool and open. And I think you guys are really going to like what this conversation brings to the table. I think everybody can can get some wisdom and some of those vibes that'll make you feel not so alone because everybody's been through a toxic relationship everybody's been through some kind of you know shitty situation and trauma with someone unfortunately but that's what makes us stronger and that's what makes us be able to relate to one another so I really am stoked to share this episode with you if you enjoyed it um tag me on instagram share the episode with friends or family rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. You already know the drill. That helps the podcast thrive and rise to the surface. So without further ado, let's get into this episode with my good friend, Nick. Social anxiety. And like for me and you, sitting down is like so easy for us because we don't have to like think about our like mannerisms or like what we're saying when we meet somebody who like we don't really know we're still feeling it out so we just kind of feel like oh no like I I don't like that person or like you know I I, I can't handle socializing with people who aren't on my level but like how do you get to that level? I feel like
1: that's you know the difference between ego and super ego? Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a sense of super ego it's something inside it's it's a voice inside your head that's you're you're not totally conscious of but it's still telling you something is going to be it's like it's making a judgment call before it actually happens or before you even meet the person and get to know them and it's just it's just it's based on your previous experiences that you've had you know with interacting and relationships etc etc so it's like you might already be conditioned to think some way about someone but It, you know, that could be skewed in the future. So that's why it's like getting outside and actually going and socializing with people and kind of doing the shit that normal people do sometimes. I think it's healthy for you.
0: I think it's like work though. It's, it feels like work when like it used to feel
1: totally totally
0: normal just to go to the bar. uh, Like even like going to the bar with one friend or whatever. Now it's like so much effort just to like make shit happen.
1: You don't drink anymore, right?
0: Yeah, like I mean, I don't drink anymore, but there's there's still cool places, especially in Philly. Like there's coffee shops and stuff like that. But I feel like, like for example, us, like our friendship. Right. How long did it take us to actually sit down and like do this podcast, even though we we have like such an open friendship like and six like six months now. Yeah. And but takes, within that
1: six months, how many times have we actually hung out like IRL? A, hand, a handful. handful. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, but we kind of like got and understood each other from the get-go and i think a lot of that has to do with our zodiac sign and just like oh we we kind of get each other on a sagittarius level and it's like you know i know that you know if i hit up gab and she's doesn't respond for four days or whatever and then she responds back to me and she's like oh i'm so sorry i'm like no it's no sweat because i know that you're doing you yeah and that's kind of that's how i roll too it's like you know if it's not Vital or something that has to be like decided in the moment you might not hear from me for two months. Yeah, you know but it's just I don't know
0: but then things pick up again and that's that's actually how you know You are just on the same level as someone absolutely like you can just spend months apart and then when it's you exactly where you left off you drop in it's just it's just there and Yeah, like
1: and it's funny how we met too because we met on tinder <laughs> And at the time, you know, when we had both swiped right or whatever, it was like, you didn't have, a, like, a, like, a profile or a bio or anything. And it was like, oh, you know, c- cute bohemian chick. She's got, like, the professional modeling pics and stuff. Like, uh, this is obviously a bot or a fake.
0: And I didn't know that I didn't even have a profile. I just thought I thought that I made it right. And and you were like, you didn't even have, like, any any information in there. And no,
1: like, it's oh. at least, like, something. You know, <laughs> Say something that, so that we know you're real because that's what people, like, that's what fucking catfishing is. Yeah, yeah, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but you, you obviously saw something that we had mutual interests and that, you know, we, we could get along. And me being a platonic kind of dude friend that I am, it was like, all right, let's, let's go and fucking hang out. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to, like, be insinuating, oh, this is a date or this is a hookup yeah. or whatever. It was just like, okay, this is... Chill, we're gonna go watch Jimmy E. World and Third Eye Blind together.
0: Yeah. You know? That, that was our first hangout, which yeah. was awesome. And it was proper. Yeah, it was, and it was like, it was actually freedom. super refreshing because that, that's like around the time that I, I moved here. I guess I moved here like a month before that. And I was like, yo, how the fuck am I gonna meet people? And I was just like, all right, I'm just gonna surrender. I'm just gonna use Tinder. And I wasn't going into it trying to like meet, date, date people. Totally. You know? Like, and I feel like, it's all about intention and we both kind of went, we were in the Tinder got lucky thing with, me. with that intention. <laughs> yeah, I think I did really. Cause like, what if I went to a concert with some dude who like just ended up being like the most fucking weird and creepy, like, or obnoxious, I to, like or racist. I would have or... had to like leave and then I would have been stranded in Camden alone and like had to lift home.
1: Yep. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, and I don't know for me, Tinder has been like, you know, I, I travel a lot for work or for pleasure or whatever. And a lot of times solo. And it's a good way to just like see a place or meet someone or kind of have that insider perspective that you wouldn't have otherwise just with the fucking swipe of a button, you know? But it's like, it's sometimes it's like, if you're talking to someone, how are you going to gain their trust from the get go to, you know, go and and meet and link or whatever. So it's like, I don't know. I, I've made I've made some good friends off it. I've actually probably made more friends than hookups off when it. When you go
0: honest. into it, because I deleted those apps just because I'm kind of in my crazy spiritual solitude sul- thing. You are too.
1: <clears throat> I mean, I just deleted it because I need to focus on myself right now. Yeah.
0: But when you were like doing, when you were doing the dating apps, would you just go in right right ahead and, and be like, I'm not here. I'm not here to find like dating material here to find friends or would would you ask them what their intention was and kind of base off that ever
1: really asked their intention unless it was on a more professional or collaborative level Mm. because i remember back in the day maybe five or six years ago i you know i've deleted and installed the app back and forth so many times now it was like my initial profile said not here to date you not here to hook up with you but i do want to shoot you because that's at the time when I got really into directing subjects. I think and, that's
0: why I I was interested in you because I was like, oh, he's into like film and. and but comedy. I don't I don't
1: think it, I don't even think it was that. But that was my profile when we met. That was okay. this was like five or six years oh, ago. Okay, okay. But you know, you obviously saw that I you know do video and shit, mm-hmm. and I I work in the festival circuit. So it's like, okay, we have some common ground. Yeah. And, you know, generally when you meet people who work in festival circuit, it's like you kind of just get like, there's there's something that clicks, you know, yeah. it's like we might thrive in chaotic environments. Yeah. And that alone is enough to have a common bond with someone where you just kind of get each other.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, that's what we started talking about right from the get go. I, I was like, Oh, like, what do you do? And then we started talking about music festivals and I, and all the festivals you've worked for and all the festivals I've worked for, like Envision and um, that, I mean, once, once you have that, common denominator you get each other it's like oh okay you're a homie like you know like what's going on totally
1: and we also have identical taste in music yeah so it's really important for me absolutely
0: like yeah i kind of want to i kind of want to segue this into Mm. like toxic relationships that like
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's a complete 180
0: that we've this is this is a non-toxic relationship this is this is an amazing friendship and Bond, but like a lot of what we've talked about in all the times we've hung out is like just kind of the struggle um, with relationships and confusion. And I remember that one night that I did the tarot pull for you, like oh yeah, a bunch of epiphanies were occurring for you. Yeah, that was the end of summer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah.
1: Was, that was a that was a that was a retrograde, and shit was fucking weird. Yeah. Can I curse? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, yeah, every, everyone's energy was like super manic and reckless at that time, I remember. And...
0: It was yeah. probably eclipse season, too. Because it... it pro- yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Eclipses are fucking crazy. And we're actually moving into another eclipse. I'm not sure when I'm going to post this episode, but we are moving into into an eclipse. And apparently, it's going to affect cancers and Sagittarius's the most. But like what positive I was... Positive or negative? Positive. Thank yeah man. like love wise and career wise Good. and like um well it's
1: about time
0: yeah yeah I mean I've the reason why I have been single and in my spiritual solitude is because of how much toxic um, relationships I've been in and I don't want to just say toxic masculinity because I don't I'm not just trying to call out like relationships,
1: relationships like romantically or friendships included. too. Both, Okay.
0: Both. Like I'll just, I'll start. I'll, you know, when I went to envision, I was super single. I was like getting myself back. I I was building my trust back up and I haven't really like gone into this crazy in, into the podcast, but, um, so basically I went, me and this kid, um, we like really, we really vibed in a friendship way and, um, We didn't hook up or anything. We just kind of like cuddled for a few nights and like didn't leave each other's side. And then, so I moved back, I go back to Miami. I had all this crazy fucking shit happen with my apartment. I lost my apartment. We got scammed by this realtor. We, our money got stolen by this realtor. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm done with Miami. I'm going to Philly because this kid lives in Philly. Oh,
1: so, shit. Oh, no. okay. I didn't yeah. know I did this. I yeah, didn't tell going. you this? No.
0: Okay, so that's why I, I came up here because he was like, all right, yo, you, you can come up here and like, I just got my own place. Like, you're more than welcome to stay here as long as you want. And I was like, all right, because we had been texting and, and FaceTiming and talking like for a month, right? And when
1: was this 2018?
0: 2019. So Spring? like- Spring? Um, Envision is in February and I came here in early April. Okay. So we were talking for like a month or so and he was like, don't worry, I got you. Like, I want to see you thrive. I want to see you like, like succeed. Like, don't worry. I like you, you have a home here. Little did I know he, I'm not going to use any names obviously, but he is a straight up drug addict, drug dealer. Um, nothing against him and, and his life, but I'm not, I didn't we're know. Are talking
1: like weed and psychedelics? <laughs> no, or... like everything, oh, okay. literally Got every it.
0: single drug. Um, weed, psychedelics, and every drug. So, He's in it. And obviously I knew that he was doing these things because the week that we were in Costa Rica at Envision, I was like, whoa, this kid like really likes to have a good time. But I didn't know that that was his life away right. from the festival and when
1: you had met him had you entered sobriety yet
0: no okay. i mean i was like dabbling i was like in and out and then i was like you know what i'm gonna go to envision i'm gonna have a good time i drank i did drugs it was a great grand time i like let loose i danced like totally. it was like a really actually expanding experience with drugs and then so fast forward i come up here um i'm living with him we 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 uh, did. Yeah, we did hook up a couple times. It was horrible. It was it was just toxic, you know, and right from the start, right when I got here to his to his place back in April, we started just doing drugs, just immense amounts of drugs. And I completely lost myself. And um, and then all of a sudden something happened, something something changed within our dynamic, I think. I personally think that he didn't realize that, like, what he had said yes to, like, for me coming here and, like, figuring shit out, even though I was helping him, I (laughs) met his kid, I was, like, you know, I was trying to, like, clean the house and, like, make up for, like, me being here when he he was the one who said, hey, I want to, like, see you thrive, I got you, da, da, da.
1: Oh, and he has a kid as well, so it's it's not like he hasn't made that mistake before,
0: right? Yeah. So, and his kid like super loved me, and like we had fun and whatever. It was it was like How old was a kid, uh, I think like four or five. Oh wow! And it was just like a really intense like bomb of an experience because it all happened so quick, and I was like, whoa, I really like this kid, but we're friends, but we hooked up. This is weird. Plus, there's drugs all in the mix. And so then, all of a sudden, um, I started feeling like he was getting really distant from me, like not talking to me, like we were sleeping in the same bed, like not wanting anything to do with me. And I'm, I'm an energy reader, I can tell. So this one night, he I, I knew that there was something that happened. The next morning I woke up, I packed my bags when he was sleeping, I went to the coffee shop with like as many bags as I could, and I didn't know what I was going to do. I was just like, hey, I need like texting my friends, like I need to find somewhere to go. He texts me a few hours later, hey, where'd you go? I was like, oh, the coffee shop. And he said, oh, okay, like, I want to talk to you. And I was like, what's up, dude? I'm like, I'm trying to find a job. I'm trying to find an apartment. Like, what's up? Worrying about you. Yeah. And he goes, oh, because I think, like, you should find somewhere else to stay. Like, maybe you can stay with a family member or something. Because, like, things are getting, like, like, um, like I'm I'm stressed out or things are getting too much. And I was like, all good. I already packed my shit. Because I already knew. It was almost, like, kind of funny.
1: Had you accepted it to, as well?
0: No, I didn't accept it. Okay. But, like, I, I felt so unwelcome. And that's what I mean about toxic masculinity is because he was so... That's what a narcissist is. He, he strung me along... With all the, like, when I was in Miami and after Envision, he was, like, texting me all the time and Facetime me all the time and fucking obsessed with me. And then after two weeks of me living with him, it's like he couldn't handle it. And I think it also is because I was kind of, like, calling him out on his shit. I was like, yo, you get so fucked up. Like, it was, like, scary to see him at the end of the night, like, what he turned into. So and if you're
1: not ready to make those changes in yourself, then you sure as hell don't want to hear it from someone else, especially someone that's like in your space. You exactly. Know? Yeah. That's
0: literally exactly why he was like, "Yo, this girl's got to go." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I didn't ask for this, and I, I'm a, I'm a truth speaker. I'm not gonna fucking walk around and watch you kill yourself and just pretend because every other person that came into his apartment or every other friend, they're not friends. They're, they didn't care that he was killing himself, and. You know I hope he's doing better now I'm sure he is um, hopefully but um, like that's what that's what toxic masculinity is being flicked out being and a feminine can do this as well you know that's just what toxic energy is that's what narcissism energy is and so he flicked me out I felt like garbage I started um couch surfing and I was still doing coke every day I still had a good amount of coke. I was still doing it. I thankfully rented a tiny little room in my friend's apartment here in Philly. What part of the city? Um like Fishtown Kens- Kensington. Okay. And um then I had like one really bad night like of coke and I had like psychosis pretty much. <laughs> and and that's not sleeping as well. Not yeah, I was not sleeping. Yeah. I was Using the gym and like doing coke and like just Oof. all this weird shit, like so, just a toxic. Cause because I was also healing from how he like fucked me over, you know. And it, and
1: it sounds obsessive.
0: Yeah, I was I was obsessed with like understanding why, like what did I do, and like he he was just so and, passive. Like, and that's
1: interesting, is it's like. You know, and you're fixating on it, and you're like, Okay, well is is it is it my physical appearance, is it my body? Okay, well I'm gonna go to the gym. But then it's like, you know, you're you're running in the gym and the endorphins are gone and you're like, Oh, I don't have any endorphins left, I'm gonna go do more cocaine, you know?
0: Yeah, I was just I was using any any like tool to soothe myself with drinking, coke, using the gym, using the sauna walking outside, like anything that I could do just to take my mind off of it. And I was like obsessive, compulsive, like my friends got to the point where they're like, yo, shut the fuck up because we don't want to hear about this shit anymore. Like you're beautiful, you're you're successful, you're passionate, da da da. But that's what happens. When when you get wrapped up with someone who's toxic like that, like they make you feel unworthy. And I don't know, like like you I think you've been in a situation like this as well so if you want to like kind it, of exp- it, the I don't thing
1: know. is you know it's like they make you feel unworthy of their love and acceptance and also with yourself and also with your peers and friends and that's a telltale sign of an abuser you know a, a, abusive relationships are uh cyclical in a sense and the, the the person who is per, is basically you know abusing the other they're ostracizing them and making them feel alone and empty and like no one likes them but at the same time you know you know giving them these feelings and thoughts and then a week later like they could be like oh no but you know I love you you know so it's like a, it's psychological
0: it's emotional trauma
1: yeah totally and when you're in that situation it's it's a trap that's what your abuser is trying to do and it took me a while to understand that like because i myself have never been in a, a big abusive relationship like that but i have good friends you have and it, like one close friend of mine lasted for six or seven fucking years i didn't understand it until probably five years in i would i would say to her just just dump him you know it's that easy like, or, or I thought it was. He sucks. He makes you feel terrible. You're not being who you really could be and living up to your fullest potential because of this energy in your life. So just dump him. But it took me a while to understand, Well, but wait, but he's also ostracizing her from her friends in her life. And making her feel like she's not unworthy so it, it, that's my, a
0: narcissist going going in, and finding the common friends that they have
1: mm-hmm.
0: and making those friends kind of go against them too exactly so that's like a, a huge oh yeah. trait of a narcissist totally
1: and and this guy would get fucking wasted and like they were getting an argument or whatever she would first call me or text me and be upset and then he would text me like like drunkenly like and, and say some shit like Oh well, she does. It. She does this. She does that. She's a terrible person. She, he'd call her parents and, and text her parents and, and like say shit, you know. And like, try, like every personal and close relationship or friendship to her that she had, he would, was trying to sabotage just to make it all back to himself. And you know, so that she had no nowhere ego. else to
0: go except for him.
1: Right. Exactly.
0: That's because they they don't want you to have anyone else except for them. And I guess like. Every narcissist is different because with this kid, um, he really didn't care. <laughs> he really didn't care. He, right. he just wanted me out. And because he didn't he want to be to faced with his, yeah, with yeah. the truth, the, the dark truth of, you know, cause I think when I'm the kind of person where I, it's really hard for me to hide my emotions and ha- hide, like the way that I'm feeling through my eyes and like, if if you're, like, worrying me or bothering me, like, you're going to know. Mm-hmm. And I don't, like, it wasn't that I was trying to make him feel less than, but he probably started to feel that way because I'm trying to get my shit together and whatever. and But being flicked out of somebody's life like that will definitely question like your worth even though you deep down inside know that your worth doesn't depend on one person totally it's still it's still a shock to your body and to your mind because you weren't prepared for it and because all of a sudden you just got like kind of um injected with this like this confusion almost
1: 100 percent, and then it's a relationship and a romantic relationship at that so there is a physical element to it And when you are having consistent sex with somebody, it's, you know, hormones are triggered. What do they say? Like when a girl loses her virginity, it's, there's like a saying, it's like, she'll always love that, that first guy because of a chemical release. Mm -hmm. Is that true?
0: Yeah, actually I was just like, I was just listening to some podcast or some article and basically it's saying women have sex with men or whatever. It doesn't matter. Having sex in general, women have the, the energetic cord to that person that they had sex with up to three months. Like every woman's different, but like a man will be completely over that. Like it's easier for a man to not even think about someone that they had sex with because their like sexual energy is like being replenished. Like and their cells are like being replenished and like women have- so there is a science
1: attached to it. Yeah. yeah, and
0: like, so this this is something serious that women are going through because, and this is why a lot of women are actually doing this whole celibacy thing now.
1: There's a physical reliance.
0: And I can actually say this from experience, like the last person that I hooked up with, this other guy who I, I hooked up with once, um, and he ghosted me. And this was in Philly and he ghosted me. And is he a Tinder? No, no, actually we were friends, Um, but he ghosted me and, and I still feel kind of an energetic cord with him a little bit. And I, and I can, I know that because he'll pop up in my dreams and it'll, it'll be, it won't be like, oh, I'm dreaming about him, like romantically. It's like annoying dreams where he, like I had a dream the other night where he killed himself. Oh, wow. So if that's not a sign, like, that's, like, literally my subconscious is telling me to, like, stop thinking about him.
1: Right. Totally.
0: But it's it's really hard for, for women to let go of that energetic cord.
1: Well, hey, you know, they call them sexually transmitted diseases. I call them sexually transmitted demons. Yeah. Yo. You know, it's like, like, my one friend, she told me that she hooked up with her ex after, like, a couple years or something, and he had gone down a deep, dark path of, of drinking and self you know self-sabotage and he and after they after they fucked she like threw up black
0: Ew, what yeah wait real shit what the fuck that is gnarly mm-hmm. that's terrifying i mean
1: hey i believe it exists because it's like you know sex sex is sex whatever some it's but it's like it's hard to, it, it, at the end of the day, it's a transference of energy, you know, and our energies are so different from one another that, okay, so it's like, I'm trying to, so you have sex in a relationship and then you have, you know, sex, no relationship, just like fucking or whatever, mm-hmm. um, sex in the relationship, there's a build in a, a a, a build and almost a construction to it with emotions and trust and reliance in other ways, but just, you know, a one night stand wh- where you're probably fucked up on whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you wake up and the next day and it's like, Oh, wh- okay. Are we going to, are we going to be friends again? Are we going to talk again or whatever? There's a difference and that energy dictates a lot of who you are.
0: What you just described. I feel like the whole one night stand or you know dating and just fucking that's like trauma i right. feel like that is low-key trauma and that's what people i feel like that's what this whole collective like the people who are kind of waking up to their trauma and waking up to like how they feel in their body um a lot of that trauma has to do with people they've opened up to people mm-hmm. they've had sex with like i feel like that's not only childhood trauma like obviously that's a huge thing but why are why are people so eager to do yoga and meditate now? My my two classes the past two nights have been the most packed ever. And yeah, like it's the new year and whatever, and people want it's, to get because it's, cause in it's shape.
1: cold and everyone's and everyone's you know getting cozy with someone or trying yeah. to, or you know they're seeing all their peers and or friends or whoever online being cozy with their partner and they're like oh I want that too and they go out and you know have some senseless sex and regret it the next day or yeah. whatever you know
0: but i think that's part of the waking up part is that people are realizing that 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 cycle is actually traumatic and like making them feel really gross and icky this episode is brought to you by my friends over at fusion cbd you guys already know how much cbd has helped my life from physical healing to emotional healing to mental healing. It even helped me get through one of the most challenging and painful times of my life when I broke my arm and crushed my wrist. Yes, CBD has the capability of helping us through some of the most painful times of our lives. So if you're tired of taking prescription drugs, I definitely know how that feels I am not on any antidepressants or anti-anxiety medications anymore because I use CBD. There are solutions that work, like natural CBD, which comes from hemp plants. So Fusion CBD is a company that I really love. They have amazing tinctures, and tinctures are one of my favorite types of cbd to use it's easy you can bring it with you anywhere it comes in a liquid form you put it under your tongue it's potent and it is fast working so fusion cbd offers no questions asked quality guarantee to make it easy and they even have a 500 milligram trial size tincture for $35 it's easy online ordering at fusioncbd.com They have full-spectrum tinctures, salves, which are topicals you put on your body, and they have edibles as well. So all of these products are different forms of CBD, so you can always choose your favorite kind. All of these tinctures and salves and edibles are born from little baby hemp seeds, and they grow up to be big, beautiful, stinky hemp plants. Then, Fusion CBD harvests them, processes them, and they even lab test all of their oils for quality and potency. So, every step of the process is done right here in America. So, support local farmers. Fusion CBD is a collective of farmers working together to provide customers with the highest quality full-spectrum CBD on the market. They use conscious farming practices and pesticide-free growing methods. All of their products start from hemp seeds that are grown in their greenhouse system, which provides total control during the entire grow cycle from seed to sale. I really love taking their tinctures before I meditate. CBD and meditation just go hand in hand. I also love taking CBD before taking a yoga class or using the sauna or being creative like reading or writing. It really helps me unlock some kind of creative flow in my mind, especially when I am being active. And that's one thing that CBD gets a bad rep for, oh, it's going to make me tired. Totally not true. CBD has the capability of actually awakening our system and revitalizing our energy and giving us a kind of clear way of thinking with whatever we're doing, with whatever's in front of us. So whether you are at work or you're doing a project or you're out running errands, CBD can just help you enhance your day. So you can visit FusionCBD.com, that's F-U-S-I-O-N-C-B-D.com, and you can use discount code Love for 10% off of your first order, as well as if you spend $100 or more, you get free shipping, and you can choose a free hemp soap or mints at checkout. So you can also follow them on Instagram, FusionCBD, check them out and don't forget to use discount code gypsy love for 10% off your first order that's fusioncbd.com use gypsy love for 10% off your first order
1: and you know what it also is it's because it's it's fucking january and it's cold it's dark out and people are bored mm-hmm. and i know I can only speak for myself that when I'm bored, I make stupid, reckless decisions. So I think that goes along with why, you know, people are having this awakening that you're talking about in your classes.
0: And you could tell that it was a lot of new, new yogis too, like beginners. And I was just having this conversation with somebody with actually a few different people about how. The people who have been doing this work already, this shadow work, and this awakening, like, spiritual work, like, even if you're, like, not super deep into it, but, like, say you've just been dabbling into it, now we're all seeing these these people kind of, like, start waking up, and we can feel the collectives, like, intense shadows coming out because a lot of what we're feeling is people waking up to their trauma and waking up to, you know, things that they didn't realize were, were traumatic to them, but were. And especially as like a yoga teacher, I can see it in people's eyes and I can, I can feel it in their energy that they're like, that they're suffering, you know? And like the past two nights have just been a huge, actually Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday packed classes. And like, I specifically make my classes kind of emotional with like emotional music and everything like that so that I can kind of like bring it out of people. But
1: it, do they ever cry?
0: Yeah, definitely. But it's like I don't even have to try anymore. People are just ready to to let it, let it out. Make them
1: cry, Gab. Yeah.
0: I dude, when I when somebody cries after my class, like my job has kind of been done. Like I'm not here, I'm not here to be a yoga teacher and just be all love and light and have you come in and me talk about like, like only positive shit. Like my classes, I'm talking about shadow. I'm talking about trauma. I'm talking about like repressed memories and people like this. People might not know like what I'm talking about, but deep down they, they can feel it
1: totally. And I think with everything that's going on in the world right now, It's an especially noisy time. You have social media. It's hard to escape. And it's really important for your well-being and mental health to have a release in time to, you know, reflect on what's going on without getting angry or seeing someone else's opinion that, that you think is stupid or whatever, you know? What a time to be alive.
0: It's kind of like scary in a way for me because not to put myself on a pedestal, but like I've been in the spiritual kind of realm for what, seven or eight years. And now that I'm seeing the collective waking up and a lot of it is men waking up to their own toxic stuff that they've done to people or females waking up to toxic things that they've done to people. We're all waking up to the toxicity that they we open have. Up to
1: you. They open up to you.
0: Um, there's been some men who have who have opened up to me, uh, student-wise, yeah. But like that's part of like the, that's part of like the awakening is like waking up to who we consciousness. are and like waking up to like kind of the fucked up parts of who we are.
1: Totally. And I mean, at the end of the day, I'm a sucker for accountability. We all say dumb shit. We all make stupid mistakes. And if you're conscious of it and you hold yourself accountable and can apologize and, you know, offer a solution to the problem you might have caused. I don't know. I'll, I won't hold it against you. It really depends on who you did, what you did or who you hurt. But right,
0: right. at the, at the and end like, of the day,
1: accountability is big and a lot of it does stem from me Too movement and men reflect on that.
0: But I think that's part of of why men are awakening to the damage that they've done.
1: Absolutely, and, as they should.
0: And I'm sure that there's some women in that category too that has put forth like sexual trauma on other people. It's becoming less taboo mm-hmm. to talk about our vulnerabilities and our traumas, which is kind of like, it's kind of annoying too because I feel like it's become trendy in a yeah, way. Yeah, it's also
1: ex- it's totally extra. It's because- like
0: people people are using vulnerability to lure people in for pity and for attention and for followers and um, there's like a fine line between vulnerability to connect and to help people grow and vulnerability for people to just get attention
1: it's like pity porn
0: yeah, You yeah. know, and yeah.
1: you're looking for this self gratification or validation through your supposed traumas, et cetera, et cetera. But it's like, I don't know, personally for me, I I don't talk about anything on the Internet. I don't talk about my life. I don't, you know, that's just not who I am. And I think it's through, you know, visuals and um, creating and connecting experiences with people. That's kind of how I show my experiences in you know you're like really
0: in the now and creating like now exactly and like what you're just saying about people sharing their traumas and connecting about that it's called trauma bonding and like there's this there's this um, therapist on instagram who probably everybody follows called the holistic psychologist and she talks about that a lot and it's basically that's that's the root of a toxic relationship if you're meeting somebody at the bar and you're and you guys think you hit it off and whatever, both of who who me and you are, we're a correlation of amazing experiences, trauma, childhood programming, and whatever. And that's what makes us, and that's what makes us um, vibe together. And so when people like really instantly have this strong connection to someone without even knowing them really, sometimes it can be because they're, they're resonating with their trauma and like they can, they're kind of like they're resonating with each other's pain. And
1: it could even be with someone you haven't known that long. I mean, trauma bonding, it's like whether it's uh, a romantic relationship or a business relationship or a friendship or whatever, there's going to be arguments and we say things we, we may not mean it in the future or we 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 say and do things and then it's reciprocated and you're creating this negative this negative force between you and the other person and the way negativity works is that it bounces it never goes away really so it's like at the end of the day you're sharing this negativity with one another it's being reciprocated and then you're coming to an agreement at the end like okay we've learned from this now we've you know we you've you've seen me cry, you've seen me angry, et cetera, et cetera. Would you consider that a form of trauma bonding?
0: No. Okay. I, I think like like expressing your your traumas and your fears and like having conversations with people is positive and expansive. But when you're...
1: But when it's in a toxic relationship.
0: Yeah. Like when you're... When the only thing that both parties has to offer is just like talking about trauma and relating to each other without kind of, like, finding ways to get through it or, like, looking for the positives and, like, finding finding the silver linings. And, like, you, you, you know, like, there's always going to be those friends who you know when you're around them, they're just going to bitch and complain about everything. Like, there was a student... Actually, this literally just happened this week. Good point. There is yeah. a student who took my class, and the the class was amazing. And then at, at the end, this woman, she's she's got some, you know, physical issues, like, that she's suffering with. And every class, she's she has something to complain about. And after this class, she kind of, like, ripped me a new asshole, honestly, like, in front of everybody. She was like, I don't understand why the lights were off, why the heat was on, why your mat was here. Like, just so many... Um, excuses as to why her practice didn't feel right and And it's everyone else's fault but hers and it got to the point where i mean i had to really tune into my reaction because i can't show anger to a yoga student i have to be very in front of a class right and like the whole class was there and then i i totally i i handled it really well like probably better than i thought i ever would and two of the students came up to me and they were like dude that class was amazing like You handled that really well, like like what that lady was saying. And that was like a really nice testament to me because all this work that I'm doing, all this like shadow work, because I suffer with anger. Like I have a completely different side of myself and I've said things and done things and right now i'm i'm trying to heal certain relationships in my life with with my mom and my sister and if that was me 5 years ago and somebody came up to me like that i would have been like then don't fucking take my class you would
1: have reacted i would
0: have reacted terribly and that was like a little like that was a little glimpse of like glitter for me like oh all this work that i'm doing is like paying off you know
1: and i you know it with that happening in front of a class too, you know, everything happens for a reason. Like you don't know that maybe everyone in that class needed to kind of see a situation and exchange of that manner to remind them that sometimes someone's having a worse day than you and you need to recognize that and know how to react to it as opposed to reciprocating more negativity. Especially in this city, everyone is, is pissed off all the fucking time. Uh, it's city, city of brotherly love. And it's really easy to just, Oh, fuck you. Fuck you. You know? But at the end of the day, the person that's telling you off or that is threatening to do something or is pissed in, in your driver, in the next driver's lane or whatever, you got to understand they're having a worse day than you. And it's just like, okay, you, you, I'll give you the win this time. You know?
0: Well, that's a reflection of where they're at. So like, And dude, I was just I just had this It's a lesson to live by. Yeah. Like I just had this epiphany the other day, like so that was a test and I I've I passed the test I feel. And so when somebody is taking out their anger or they're blaming you or they're calling you out, that's a reflection of like how they feel inside, right? And how you react is how you feel from from within and but what I was thinking is like you know how we're talking about like toxic relationships and and everything like that um so basically people are saying if you know if somebody if somebody in the relationship is treating you poorly that's a reflection of how they how they feel about themselves so what about the people who you know who attract people into their life like toxic partners but what if we really are working on ourselves and what if we do have self-love for ourselves and what does that what does that mean so we don't have enough love and compassion for ourselves that we're attracting these people who are you know toxic like or
1: you could see it from the other side that you're coming into their li- life to teach them a lesson so that they can see compassion and empathy. Firsthand, hand and whether they choose to accept that and learn from it or continue to remain ignorant That's up to them, but the universe tests you sometimes, you know
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to that episode of the vibe within I hope you guys enjoyed that part one episode of me and Nick's conversation about pretty much everything sex masculinity femininity narcissism Part two, we're gonna get deeper into love and light, culture, realism and shadow, trauma bonding, social media, vulnerability, the downside of vulnerability, um, connection versus versus attention. So we get we get deep into part two as well. And I wanted to break it up so that it wasn't overwhelming and too long. So. Hope you enjoyed it. If you resonated with this episode, just screenshot, tag me on Instagram, send it to a friend or a family member. If you haven't subscribed, rated, or reviewed on iTunes, please do that. Uh, If you have a couple minutes extra today, it really helps the podcast thrive, and I'll leave you with the rest of this song. Thanks, guys.